I am Joe Posnanski, and uh, as you know, Michael Shore is off doing that television show thing that he does. Uh, so we have our cavalcade of guest hosts, and we have an amazing, amazing guest host this week, which is this is doubly exciting because I believe this is the second actual live podcast I've ever done. I've ever done where I am in the room with the same person. Uh, but Steve Hostetler, Steve. I don't welcome. know if I've ever even been part of a cavalcade before. You are a cavalcade. So. You are you are one of the true cavalcade stars. Cavalcade of stars. Yeah, that's what like you hear the yeah, that's like what like the old like ABC thing. Exactly. Was. Exactly. Yeah. You would have on there like, yeah, hey, we have Tony Curtis and uh, Anne Marie. I, I would you know. be part of a cavalcade. You I are. Like it. All you right. Are very much part it's of a cavalcade. In my bio now. So very exciting. Yeah. So Mike and I have never done the podcast in the same room at any point. Even when we've Whoa. been in the same town, we've still done it. On Stay in the same hotel. One of you goes in the other room. And he just gets yeah. like, I'm, I don't want to look at you. And, yeah. and uh, so so this is exciting to be able to do this live great. Uh, and in person. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, about you. We're, we've, we're, gonna go, we're going through the whole thing. We're going to do our uh, draft here in a little bit. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to do the Cleveland Browns Minute because it is absolutely essential. And, and there's a special... Uh, a special prize that that goes with this week. Um, a special sadness for me. A special no, a special joy for tease. me. Yeah, joy yes. for you. Sadness. Joy, a for little me. sadness for you. Yeah, it's a zero sum game of happiness on this podcast. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. So. Podcast never brings happiness to people. So, um, but let's talk a little bit about you first of all. So you have been. You are apps. I mean, you get this all the time. You are hilarious. Thank you. You're a big uh, sports guy, and uh, you know I can remember how soon. How long ago was it that you were writing the weekly uh, column in Sports Illustrated, the stand-up? So Sports Illustrated was, oh, that had to have been oh, oh, 06, maybe? Okay. 06, oh, 07. So you weren't out of college that long at that point. Yeah. So, well, what happened, so I wanted to be a sports writer. That was my goal. Okay. And I graduated, so I was, when I was 20, I left college for a year. I was the youngest beat writer in the country. Nice. I followed the Yankees around, which as a Mets fan was a little weird. <laughs> Especially because I was 2000 when the Yankees beat the Mets in the World Series. Oh, absolutely. A little bizarre, but that's when I understood, like, oh, there are only 30 teams. And if one of them offers you a job, you know, be like, nah, I'm an Orioles fan. I can't work here. Shut up. Take the job. That's right. So the players do. So get over yourself. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I went back to school, finished my degree, graduated as the dot-com bubble burst. There was nothing. So uh, I wanted to write for a Sports Illustrated. I got an internship at SI for Kids for that summer, got three things published, and then didn't get the job afterward. So cut to, I think it's two or three years later, um, my comedy career is starting to move, and I'm starting to get eyeballs. And the New York Times does a feature about, the sports section of the Times does a feature about how I'm a sports guy doing stand-up and how... I'm not doing sports jokes, but there are sports references peppered in my stuff. You know, like there was a Daryl Strawberry reference in one, a Canseco reference in another, and, you know, et cetera. And so they do this article about it. Sports Illustrated sees it. They suddenly get back to me. And now I have a column when I couldn't even get a job as, like, a researcher. (laughs) So, but the coolest part was it's, like, three weeks in, and they go, hey, we're looking for more columnists. Can you recommend anybody? 
So I had my brother audition for the job, and he got it also. Wow. So for a year, my brother and I were both columnists for SI, and my dad was over the moon. That's he thought awesome. it was the coolest thing. That yeah. is really, really cool. So how did your comedy career take off in this, in this moment where you are basically a non-working sports writer? Well, the, uh, I mean, having to eat and, and not working yes. was a good, that's a, that was fuel. That'll work. Um, but it was all, uh, you know, in the beginning it was, you know, I wrote for collegehumor.com and so some people knew who I was through that. Sure. But I was slogging for a very long time. It was basically a slog for, I would say 14 years. And then three years ago, um, actually, because I was down in spring training, I came down here to watch some baseball, performed at this little teeny bar that I think is closed now in Titusville, Florida. Because basically, my buddies and I was two baseball fans who were comics as well, Danny Jollis and Matt Ritter. Mm -hmm. And the three of us were like, if we can break even on this trip, let's just do whatever gigs we could do. We took this $200 gig, not 200 each, 200 for the three of us, (laughs) which, you know, barely covered the hotel for that night. Right. But we took that gig, and this one woman interrupted me. I went off on her. That clip got 3.5 million views in three days. And it was just, my life was changing. And it was really weird because the moment I realized everything had changed was such a baseball moment because one game that week was not a Mets game. And so that game, I was like, I don't really care about this one as much, you know? (laughs) So that game, it uh, it was the Marlins Nationals. And I'm sitting there in the stands. I was doing an AMA on Reddit about the video that had gone viral. And I'm sitting in the stands while my friends are in the dugout watching, basically watching uh, Gian- watching Barry Bonds watch Giancarlo Stanton watch Bryce Harper taking batting <laughs> practice. And we're, I was just like, what is my life right now? Yeah. And it was just this, it was a great moment. And that's really, when I think back to like, what's the moment that things were different. That was the that was the moment. So you have become uh, pretty well known for taking on hecklers, and, yes. and that has become sort of a. I mean, it's not your only thing. It's not your only. But, deal. but it's but it's the reason why people look at the other things. Okay, so it's, it's what's <laughs> like, bringing everybody in. It's, exactly. It's the yeah, that's in. the uh, that's the display at the front of the store. You're very good at it. Obviously, I mean that, that goes without saying. However. You probably would never have thought that would be the thing. Never. And the only reason it happened is because I didn't want to put up my material online until I stopped doing the joke because I didn't want people to come to a show and know the bit. Oh, sure. And so I started putting up outtakes and most of the time the outtakes are heckler clips. Wow. And so every now and then it was, you know, I would ad lib for a couple of minutes, but for the most part, the ad lib came because someone interrupted me and it was just something I never thought I'd be good at. I never thought I was good at. And then it just turned out to... It worked. But why? Why do you think that that was it, it so resonates with people? Um, because we all wish we could do it at work. <laughs> because everyone, everyone, everyone listening to this right now, think of the person you want to tell off at work. Whether you work in customer service and the person is everyone, <laughs> or whether it's your boss or whether it's one of your employees. Like, there's always someone who you just... I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this. Sure. Uh, I don't know how clean this is. Well, we, we Mike doesn't curse. We should have drafted curse words. That would have been amazing. We could have drafted curse words. Oh, you I know, have so many favorites. I once did a whole blog series. Scott Rabb. Do you know Scott? Scott Rabb is... Uh, of, oh, used to yeah. be of... of uh, uh, magazine writer now he's uh, and re- he wrote the uh, horror of Akron about uh, about LeBron James and yeah. then wrote the you're welcome to Cleveland after the, the Cleveland won the the championship anyway Scott is a world class cursor 
yeah. and was talking about this. But I also was friends uh, with Pat Jordan, uh, the writer, who is an even better cursor. And really? so I actually had them do a curse off. On oh. oh, and Pat destroyed him. I mean, oh, I, I love Scott. Scott's I love Scott, but Pat destroyed him. Because one of the one of the things that I am passionate about when it comes to like online comments is if you're going to insult me, have some originality, right? Like anyone who calls me a cuck immediately, <laughs> I'm just like you're a dumb person. <laughs> Like, you're just repeating a word that you heard from someone and you like that it had two k sounds. <laughs> and that's why you think it's fun. Um, and so whenever anyone can insult me creatively, I'm just like, hats off to you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, that's right. I don't well, mind. That's what my always said what the, the, the way that the, the curse thing started was I had written a column saying, I have nothing against cursing. I don't curse because I'm no good at it. You know, it's like I, I don't pull it off. If I start, yeah. if I curse, they're like, stop. Just you're, you're embarrassing yeah. yourself. But but people who are good, like the ones who create it and make it an art form, oh, yeah. I have, could not have more respect. For I'm those a people. New Yorker, so, so I you def- can pull it off. I, I definitely use I definitely use fuck as an exclamation point. Sure, you know, and sometimes as a comma. <laughs> you know, depending on the situation. It's um, like the schoolhouse rock there yeah. uh, for, for, uh, for swear words. When I was in Kansas City, when I was there, uh, the, the first time I went to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, um, there was also this company that had, like, these really cool shirts, and they reached out to Josh Wolf, who's also a baseball guy. Sure. Uh, they reached out to Josh about coming by their store. And so we went before one of the shows, and they were like, you could take any shirt you want. We're, you know, happy to have you here. And so I decided it'd be fun to go on stage that night in Kansas City with a shirt that said Kansas fucking city. <laughs> and I love that shirt. It's a really cool shirt. I had a lot of fun at the show. I think it gave me like a different kind of swagger up there because usually I'm in like a button shirt and a sure, vest and sure. like trying to look, you know, like a like a bartender in England. And uh, but it was just different. But I can't wear that shirt most places. No, you're not going to. It's that was the place to wear. Yeah, I shirt. wore it to. Uh, I got to go to a Metallica concert last week, and so I wore that. Wore you could wear that. I was like, yeah, that's a that's a time you could wear. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. This is we're going to now go completely off track. Yeah. because I do believe that what you wear, in addition to sort of what everybody sees, I was and I was thinking about this yesterday. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, out of nowhere started to like Bruce Springsteen. And I, you, I'm a huge, huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I've written about him many, many times. She, for 16 and almost 17 years, uh, had no interest uh, whatsoever, couldn't stand him. But suddenly she she started liking him. So we watched the uh, Netflix uh, of Bruce Springsteen thing. And he came out in that same gray T-shirt that he always wears for shows. Yeah. And I really thought... This concert would be different if he was wearing something different than that. It absolutely would. Right? It it would. And it's it's so much of so much of what you so philosophical for a second. Yes, I only please. I believe that we and I've gotten pushback from this, <laughs> but I believe that we exist in the world as the sum total of how everyone else sees us. Okay. Now that's not saying that like, oh, it's what other people's opinion that matters. It's like, no, how we affect people is what matters. Right. And so the sum total of it is how we exist. Not like, oh, one person thinks you're a jerk because you, you know, didn't let him pass you on a merge. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean you, that's one person. There right. are a lot of other people. But it's the total of that. That action was one thing you did. And so on stage, I think it's the same thing. Um, you know, you exist how your audience sees you. And part of that is what you're wearing. Yeah. And so I always believe that 
dress as a comic. You should dress as the best version of yourself, whatever it is that you are. Sure. So there are comics that are schlubs, and that's part of their character. And so they should dress schlubby, but they should dress purposefully schlubby in a good way. Right. You know, like you can still... Like, if your look is to look like you rolled out of bed, that's fine. You should look like that. But you shouldn't look like you rolled out of bed and also you're a piece of garbage. It's it's really interesting because I, I to, you know, I don't like ever name dropping, but I am yeah. good friends with Jeff Garland. And Jeff was telling me very specifically that he was yeah. talking with a very famous comic who told him, Jeff, you would be much funnier if you were wearing a suit. Yeah. That because you are so schlubby, that would throw people. If you were wearing a suit, your act would be yeah. funnier. And he, he said he was going to try it. I don't know if he did. And I dead. can't wear a suit because my act is so condescending <laughs> that if I come up there in a suit, they're going to be like, we hate him even more. <laughs> just, there, there's a line of how much they're allowed to hate you, but where, where it's no, it's not funny anymore. Right, right. If it goes above that line, it's yeah, not funny then anymore. Then like, who's this asshole? Why is he telling us what for? All right, we're going to talk baseball, but you mentioned the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. You did the yes. coolest thing, uh, and it was, the whole story is cool. Uh, but t- talk a little bit about what you did. Of course, everybody here knows I'm, you know, I'm a, uh, a proud, uh, you know, Bob Kendrick, the president. There is is like a brother to me, and so it's a very, very special place to me. And I was so happy uh, with what you did. Uh, but why'd you talk about it? Because you love the Negro Leagues. So I'll tell I'll tell the story as as quickly as I can. Um, the you know we do have a parking meter running, and this is a long story. Yes. So all right, the history of it started for me when so I wrote a show about the Negro Leagues, um, and or a pilot anyway. And so in doing that pilot, I did a ton of research about it, and like there were so many things that as a kid I've always been a student of the history of the game. Sure. But as a kid, you hear the words Negro Leagues, and you think of it like, oh, that was one league. You don't realize that these were like seven or eight different competing leagues that would fold after two years. And so doing all that research and finding out everything about it and like the amazing characters of like Effa Manley, who was basically potentially Rachel Dolezal before Rachel Dolezal. You know, (laughs) it's very possible that she was a white person just... It's it's a bizarre story. I really want to see that movie. Yes, but um, you know, and and how half the owners of the teams were gangsters, <laughs> and there were just so many things like that. They were so phenomenally interesting. So anyway, uh, I absolutely fall in love with the history of the Negro Leagues, and so in that process, I talked to Bob Kendrick briefly. Um, cut to a couple years later, uh, it's Roy Campanella's ninety sixth birthday, or would have been. Uh, Rick Sutcliffe, who I followed on Twitter, sure. uh, tweeted about how nice of a guy Campy was. I responded, you don't know the half of it. And I told the 240-character version of the story of how uh, it's 1952, Brooklyn, New York. My grandfather was a Dodger fan. My dad was a huge Dodger fan. And Brooklyn Dodgers, the good ones. <laughs> and... Uh, they won't let me throw out a first pitch. I'm very mad at them. Oh, but yeah. Anyway, but I mean, I was mad at them anyway for ripping my father's heart out in 1957. <laughs> so uh, my dad's a 10-year-old kid. My grandfather worked in an electric store. And uh, Campanella came in because he was rewiring his house. And he was a big do-it-yourselfer. And, you know, that was before superstars were millionaires. So my grandfather helped him, as he would anyone. Sure. Never said, I know who you are. Never said, go Dodgers. None of that. Just acted normal. And Campanella comes in at the end of the whole project. Thank you so much. Anything I could do for you. My grandfather says, no, thanks. It's just my job. 
Campanella insists because that's who he was. Right. My grandfather relented. That's who he was. And Campy comes back at uh, some time later, we don't know for sure, with a ball signed by the entire 52 team. The coolest part of which is the signatures are in different colors. This is not a ball that was lying around the clubhouse. This is Campanella going to 15 All-Stars and five (laughs) Hall of Famers, and I guess including himself, and saying, would you sign this ball? Because this guy helped me at an electric store in Brooklyn. (laughs) And he gave it to my grandfather. My grandfather gave it to my dad. And uh, my dad had it for the next 60-some-odd years. And then my dad passed away. And it had been a running joke between my brother and I over who gets the ball once my dad dies. Right. And then when he did, it wasn't funny anymore. It's, you know, the reality of that sets in. And you go, oh, this isn't hilarious. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. And so we just kind of, my brother was holding on to it. He's got a son. I don't have any kids. And, you know, and he was just kind of holding on to it for now. We didn't really know what to do with it. And then Rick Sutcliffe had retweeted that tweet. Bob Kendrick saw it. And Bob reached out to me and said, we'd love to display the ball. And instantly, I was like, yes, that is the right place for it. My father would love it. My father, as someone who knew everything about everything uh, and would remind you every time you played Trivial Pursuit, (laughs) uh, he would love having something in a museum. He loved baseball so much. He would love that my brother and I found a way to agree about it. And the most amazing thing was I called my brother and what I had no idea about was that my brother had a special affinity for the museum itself because he would take his son on these baseball road trips and one of the road trips, they were in Kansas City and they happened to be there as uh, there was some senator from Missouri or some congressperson or whatever, some government official getting a private tour from Buck O'Neill. Oh, wow. My brother instantly was like, this is Buck O'Neill. And so they just kind of followed them around the museum, eavesdropping on this tour, just... And so it, it's nice to be able to donate an object to the museum when my brother has stolen a tour from the museum. <laughs> um, but that, you know, it all just kind of, it was one of these magical, there's that phrase, you know, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah. And it's a story like that that, you know, reminds me. That's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thanks. And yeah, and, and I mean, it was a great thing to do, but it's also for people to get to see that baseball uh, every time they go through, that's it's the coolest thing. It's the I, coolest I love, thing. I love it. My dad owned nothing cool except for this <laughs> baseball. Nothing of value. A lot of things. A lot of broken screwdrivers and mismatched hand-me-downs from a cousin that doesn't fit anybody. And boy, did he have a lot of garbage. But the fact that he has something. And that is literally what my brother and I talked about. We're driving to the airport afterward, after like the ceremony. And my brother turns to me and goes, how weird is it that there are people excited about something that dad owned? And I was like, pretty weird, man. Yeah. It's pretty weird. <laughs> pretty weird. But it's great that knowing that like there will be school children forever going through that museum. It's awesome. Who get to hear the story of my dad. It's so cool. It is so cool. Well, kudos to you for doing that, but I, Thank you. I it's got that's gotta be such a great feeling. All right. Let's talk a little baseball. What we usually do here uh, on the podcast is we usually do the Yankee Minute, but you being a Mets fan, we're gonna change yeah. it for Appreciate you it. to give you a Mets minute. Um, we, we do during the Yankee Minute is, is, is tear apart the Yankees. Of course, we, we can't stand them. Uh, we're not going to do that for the Mets, but, but in this Mets Minute, I'm going to ask you as a Mets fan, Yeah, is this, to seeing Bryce Harper go to Philadelphia, just like, are you, I mean, you, you must hate the Phillies. Or like, is that, are they, are they, how high are they on your hate list? 
they're they're not that high. The Braves are the ones. That, really? As I mean, look, the the Mets and Braves were rivals for so long. Sure. And not just it wasn't just like oh they were good and they would always beat us. Right. It was like Chipper Jones named his kid Shay. <laughs> Chipper Jones, who, by the way, horrible person. Yeah. The, the, a person who is a Sandy Hook truther. Like, a person who preaches about family values, and it's like, you knocked up a Hooters waitress while you were married. What are you talking about? That's the person who, who kicked our ass. Yeah. And so, like, to me, the Braves will always be... And when I see these young kids who are like, oh, the Nationals, I was like, they didn't even exist. Stop it. <laughs> who cares? But also... I don't care that Bryce Harper's there because Bryce Harper is a streaky player. Yes. A very streaky player. And Philly fans are not okay with streaky players. <laughs> if Bryce starts with anything less than a hot streak, right. that love affair is over immediately. But here's the thing about Bryce Harper. He will start. He always starts hot. Right? He always Every April, at the end of April, he's always hitting 389 with 16 home runs. Every April. Yeah, and then he takes May and June off. And then off. he takes May and June off. But the craziest part about everybody freaking out about Bryce Harper signing was he had one year right. as good as Trout's worst year. That's right. One, he had one truly legendary year. Ten and a half war. Right. Fantastic. Right. The rest of it, he and Anthony Rendon are worth the same. <laughs> yes. Like, it's ridiculous. And, I mean, not as ridiculous as Machado getting that much money, because wow. that's just, I mean, wow. talk about a player not worth it and also a clubhouse cancer. <laughs> like, that is, I don't like to throw that term around, because a lot of people will just use it on someone they've never met or seen or whatever, but we saw that highlighted in the playoffs last year. Anyway, point is, as a Mets fan, I'm very happy that Bryce Harper went over to the Phillies, because Bryce Harper was very comfortable in the Nationals, yeah. and everybody loved him, and it was great. So, first, Nationals lose Harper. Good as a Mets fan. Okay. Phillies get Harper, but he's streaky, and he will not be the player that Phillies fans think he is because the Phillies fans only go, oh, all-star and, you know, MVP, perennial, you know, et cetera. Right. They don't realize that, like, there's a couple years he's got, like, a two-war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Including last year. Yeah. We have Juan Lagares. That's <laughs> better than that. Are you, what do you do, you know? And so once the Phillies fans realize that, like, Reese Hoskins is better than Bryce Harper. <laughs> Like, once they realize that, I think it's going to be very bad. And Bryce Harper is not the kind of person who who uh, has a very strong constitution when it comes to criticism. Like, he, I, I don't think he'll handle a city that boos Santa Claus very well. <laughs> I've been wondering about that. I really have been wondering if, because I think you can look at it and you can honestly say, of the 30 teams in baseball... The one team that Bryce Harper should not go to is Philadelphia, right? You could yeah. make the argument that they are incredibly hard on their stars. Uh, I mean, they booed Mike Schmidt. I mean, Mike, Mike, yeah. how many, Mike Schmidt. So, so, and Bryce Harper is not Mike Schmidt. So, I mean, the, who knows? Maybe, maybe Bryce Harper goes to Philadelphia. That ballpark is good for him. Maybe yeah. he goes and goes crazy, and and he's and he he's living life. But I did wonder. You know, there are so many places that would be better for you in so many different ways. They didn't staying offer the money. in D.C. Well, including staying in D.C. Although, I, you know, there's... More money per year. We don't know, though, because a lot of the D.C. money was, was apparently it was like he was going to get paid when he was 65 or something. I mean, they yeah, were... That's not a bad idea. Well, it's... <laughs> I don't, <laughs> Ask I don't, Bobby Bo if that's a bad idea. <laughs> I was, I, it was almost going to go out as far as the Bobby Bo contract. Yeah. Um, 
there's a real there's there's another question to be asked about for the Nationals, and that is if you are a Nationals fan, and obviously there are many National fans that are lamenting losing Bryce Harper. One of my best friend's dog is named Harper. See, there you go. And I mean, he was the first really true superstar for that team Absolutely. and all that. But if Juan Soto is who Juan Soto seems to be, which I think he is, if Victor Robles is healthy. Don't you want those two guys in the corners? Do you really want Bryce Harper? Both of those guys might be better than Bryce Harper. It's very possible. Now, that is tough, though, because, like, look, I'm, I'm teasing about how Bryce Harper isn't worth what he thought he was worth. But that doesn't mean he's not one of the best players well, he in baseball. Is. Of course he is. He's absolutely an all-star, absolutely deserves it. And the hope that you've got two guys who become that, I think, I think Soto is. But the odds that both of them are, are low. They're low. But, um, but I'm just saying that... For the money that you save, and yeah. and I think yeah, the fans don't care about that. No, but I, but I think the team does. I, I, the team I, does. It depends on if they are willing to spend that money. The weird to me, seeing him leave Washington, I was wondering. I was like, okay, he's not signing with a bigger market. So when it comes to marketability, right? With the exception of the Dodgers, none of the teams interested were you know because the Yankees weren't interested the anymore. Ne- did that not surprise you? The Yankees didn't get even a little bit involved. The second they traded for Stanton, I knew they weren't going after Harper. Yeah. Um, because everyone was talking about how they were saving money for Harper, they were saving money for Harper, and then they traded for Stanton. I was like, no, no well, Harper. There's your money right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, the so once Chicago and LA didn't pan out, then you go, okay, he's not looking for a bigger market. Is he looking for more money? It's like, well, Washington seems to have offered him the most money. All right, is he looking for a contender? Well, he's talking to teams that aren't even in the. He's talking White to the Sox. Giants. He's White talking Sox. to the Sox. He's yeah. talking, you know. And you start to go, okay, and you look at the contract he signed, and you go, oh, he wanted to set a record. Right. That's right. He wanted to have the biggest contract of all time, even though when you actually break it down, he's like 11th right now. Well, I don't even understand. That That was one thing I did not get. And, and you know, Scott Boris and, and, and his... His uh, uh, agent friends might view it, hey, biggest total package is all that matters. But it's almost like he went to them and said, look, I need $330 million. I'll play for you as many years as you like. It's yeah. a, a hundred years. That's fine. I just, I just need. I think it was that an amount. ego thing. Well, I, sure. I think it was an ego thing. But, where but, it's, but like, it's, it's the longest. Year, but per year is bigger, right? It's, yeah, per, per year is bigger. Also, look, I don't know how good Bryce Harper is at math. Truly, I don't know. I don't know if he even knows how much it is per year. But uh, that was very mean. But I don't know. He probably knows. He, he probably, probably knows. knows. I'm sure someone told him. You know. <laughs> But I do think that being able to say at one point in history, you were the highest paid athlete or not the highest paid. I mean, you have to, it's, you sign the biggest contract. The biggest contract in baseball history. The biggest contract. Right, in sports history. It's sports history. Yeah, that's right. The biggest contract, well, I guess not soccer. I think soccer probably has more. I don't know. I feel like. Do they ever sign people that long in soccer? I I don't don't know. know. You know what? I just made that up. I don't even know. (laughs) They might. I haven't watched a soccer game. (laughs) But the point is Beckham signed for a lot. Yeah, I feel like there's I feel like it's one of those things where we talk about sports history and we're really only looking at our narrow Right, right, right. Like right, there's right. probably, you know, some rugby player in Tanzania. <laughs> I don't know. But the point is that at one point you can say, I, I signed the biggest contract in sports history, I signed the longest contract in sports history. That's how much people wanted me, and he has that till he dies. Well, that's true. Look, I mean, he was going to—it wasn't like we were ever going to feel sorry for Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper was going to come out of this just fine. I just don't know if agents think that hard about, all right, what's what's the best situation for this guy? I don't just mean situation like 
on a personal level, but for his legacy, for how he's going to be remembered, for how his post-career is going to go. Yeah. He stays in Washington. Let's just say, for example, he's he's the all-time legend of Washington sports. You know, he's, he's there with, with Sonny Jurgensen and, and, and whoever else, you know, you Mark want to say. Rippin, you know, <laughs> Mark Rippin. Mark Rippin. All the best. Exactly. All of the... All of Super the... Bowl winner, Mark Rippin. <laughs> Ugh, that's a weird sentence. Yes. All of the great Washington athletes of, of history, yeah. he's there with them and... and, and he's, he's on... DC's Mount Rushmore. Right. Yeah. Right. And now he's not going to be on Philly's Mount Rushmore. I mean, and there's a pretty decent chance that even if he's great for the next five years, which let's say he is, that's, you know, I like Bryce Harper. I hope he is great for the next five yeah. years. He's still going to eventually reach that Pujols stage of his career, and it's going to be on the downside, and Philly can't trade him, and he's going to be making a billion dollars for Philly, and they're going to be booing the heck out of that guy every day. Yeah. Do you think the Angels feel any love for Albert Pujols? Angels fans, do they feel any love at all for Albert Pujols? And I think it would have been different. If that happened in the Nationals, it would have been fine. Right. Because he's the guy who did so much for that. That's right. You know, the right. same way when Tom Seaver came back to the Mets, yes. he was garbage, but everyone still loved him. <laughs> of course. Because he's Tom Seaver. Which, right. That was a sad thing that happened recently. Very sad. Very yeah. sad. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's a reminder, everyone, you know. Yeah. We actually did maybe the last interview with Tom Seaver really? for, the, for the Baseball Hall of Fame movie that we did. And uh, it was still with it. He was still great. One of my favorite things about Tom Seaver yeah. is that he was on the 86 Red Sox. And most people don't That's realize right. that. That's right. He was he was in I think he was in the dugout. I think he was in the Red Sox dugout when the ball went through Buckner's <laughs> legs. And the idea that the greatest Met of all time was on the other side of that was yes, crazy. That is so insane. maybe he was the guardian anyway. Yeah. So uh, point is I absolutely agree with you. I think Harper squandered an opportunity to stay in DC, become a legend. And look, if the Dodgers were backing up a truck, right. take it. Well, that's the thing. If you're going to the Dodgers, the Mets, the, I mean, the, uh, the the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cubs. First of all, you're going to win a World Series. You're going to win a World Series. And, and, it, and you, hey, you can honestly say, look, I just went to one of the biggest markets in America, right? I yeah. just went to a – it's even bigger he than Washington. He goes to L.A. He's a movie star. That's right. That's yeah. right. So you can make those arguments. Philly just just seemed a weird – they, yeah. they, they had to back up the truck, and they had to pay the, the all-time contract, yeah. so they got them. And they're going to be a very exciting team to watch this year. It's going to be incredibly interesting. I think they are going to be really exciting. And it's what a weird turn of events that the division went from one of the worst divisions in sports, in any sport, right. to possibly the best division in the major leagues. I think you can make a pretty—I mean, if, as, as long as we're assuming the Braves are, are going to be good, which I don't see why you wouldn't assume that. Yeah, they were point. good. They were really they, good there, too. They're they so added, young. Yeah. yeah, and then they added uh, Donaldson. They added Donaldson, but also those kids are going to be— Yeah. Cunha's insane. Yeah, and Seitzer's a great hitting coach, by the way. It's my guy. Yeah. When I well, Kevin, of course, lived in uh, in Kansas City uh, for years, and when yeah. I went to Royals fantasy camp, uh, worked with Kevin Seitzer. Uh, I saw him do the coolest thing, and I say this again: you know how I feel about the Braves. Sure, I'm very open and honest <laughs> about the Braves. But I was at spring training two years ago, and I we were just at this back practice field, and Seitzer is running this practice, and it's it's two guys on each team, yep. quote unquote, yep. Uh, you know, two different Braves, and they're playing this opposite field game where basically it's it's you only get points if you hit opposite field, and it's like one point for what would be a single, two points for what would be a double, you know, uh, three points for what would be, you know, for uh, I think it's a, a home run 
and four if like the home run is in a specific right part right and the Braves are getting into it like it's it's children playing for the Little League World Series it's amazing and on the last swing one of the guys had to hit had he could only get the four points to win they were down by three he had one more <laughs> swing and he did it and the ten of us that were watching and the players themselves on went both nuts. teams went nuts. Nuts, yeah. And I talked to Seitzer about it afterward, and I was like, tell me about this game. And he said it's the thing that he's been running, and the the kids get really into it. He's like, the biggest divas on the team love to play it. They asked me, when can I play again? And I told him, I was like, this needs to happen during All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Like, this needs to be like a skills competition. That's absolutely like, right. Like, it would be so much fun to watch. I got so into it. Anyway. He is and so... so like, I do respect their program. Well, yeah. He's so yeah. enthusiastic. All right. Yeah. We got to get to our draft, but before we do that, we have to do our Cleveland Browns checking in on the Cleveland Browns. Let's check in. The, the who I don't know. Yeah. Giants fan. I'm not really familiar with this team. I'm this on, team, yeah. it's, it's a it's a football team okay. uh, that used to be really bad and now is not. Okay. Uh, so that's very exciting. Um, yeah. As a as a I think bro- the Giants just donated a player to them, well, right? They, I heard something about. Tell me a little bit about this. I, I heard something. Yeah, there's something. this player uh, yeah. OBJ. OBJ, who is uh, one of the best players we've had in uh, many, 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 many seasons. Okay. And the Giants thought, you know what would be fun? Okay, what would be fun? What would be fun is if uh, we got rid of Lenny Collins first. Okay. Because that way, the Giants fans could already be like, oh, I guess they're not playing football this season. (laughs) Right. And then once the Giants fans weren't looking anymore, they would just be like, now let's get rid of OBJ, which is just, as a Giants fan, so amazing. The coolest part is... Eli Manning, yeah, uh, who is our Nationals' Bryce Harper. Sure. Because it's someone who won us two Super Bowls, and we love him so much, and we are paying him for winning those Super Bowls. <laughs> right. The idea of, like, look, I'm a comic, yeah. all right? If I perform a great show, I don't demand payment for that show eight <laughs> years later. <laughs> but you should. It's, yeah, the idea of, like, don't you remember how great that was? Don't you remember how great that New England show was? Well, you know, pay me $20 million or whatever it is. And it's just, it's the OBJ and Collins and people were starting to look at him being like, oh, they're going to compete this year and they're rebuilding. But like, you don't tear it down that much. Like Collins, just put a franchise tag on him. And and OBJ... Just uh, so, I mean, congratulations, Browns fans. Yes, we, we will accept your congratulations because for 20 years, that's what we did. That was yeah. the, that's what Browns fans uh, did was completely lose our minds every time the Browns did something. How many failed stupid. quarterbacks did you guys Well, have? 28 was the number. That's <laughs> the no- I have it in my computer if you want to see really? the list. Oh, of course. I have the complete list the in, my, amount in my computer. Of, the amount of quarterbacks... Oh, and coaches and coordinators and and owners and uh, yeah. GMs and people who like were sort of GMs, but that wasn't their title. Yeah, it's yeah. been a, it's been a remarkable run uh, for the Browns. And and what was so extraordinary about the Odell Beckham deal was, as a Browns fan, you know you saw last year, hey, they they're getting good. Like they've got real players. I mean, they've got yeah. a quarterback now, but they've got. They've got you know several several really you know guys that are franchise type players yeah. across the board you know in the, in the secondary on the line uh, in the backfield so you you know you were like okay this is this is going to be good and then you you go into this into this uh, you know this off season and like oh they've got a great you know they got a bunch of draft picks they're going to be able to be really aggressive in free agency 
And then you get like a, a once in a generation type receiver just yeah. given to you, and you're like, what? What else did we? What do we have to give up? Like, oh, we had to give up that safety you didn't hear know anything about, or and 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 a first round pick and and a second round pick and oh, they had to give up more. two tickets to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Don't forget those. Oh, that's true. But, it, but they're only weekends. You yeah. can't. You don't. Yeah, you don't get. Weekends. You can't. You can't get uh, it during the week. Still have to pay for parking. I was going to say it. Yeah. It's blacked out. <laughs> All right. I'm so happy that the day that I get to celebrate the OBJ uh, coming to Cleveland, I do it with a Giants fan. It makes. Uh, it does make it a little bit. But look. By the way, I am a Giants fan, a Rangers fan, a Knicks fan. Oh wow. And a Mets fan. Wow. Thank God for Brody Van Wagenen because if it weren't for him. <laughs> What a train! I mean, literally, that is a train wreck. I think the Giants, uh, Rangers, and Knicks combined are going to have like twenty wins. (laughs) Well, the Rangers have some. The Rangers have some. But then, but then we get to watch the Islanders be like the best team in the league, which came out of nowhere. So, well, what I like about it, what I what I do like about that is that we all know what a what a history it has been being a Mets fan. We all know the Giants. Obviously, look, lots and lots of great Giants moments. Giants been good. Uh, way more than they've been bad. Way, way yeah. more, and and a couple of fairly recent Super Bowls and all of that. Yeah, but man, there is nothing to say about the Knicks. I mean, this is, there was a moment when the Knicks were good, and it was it's yeah. it's it early nineties. Yeah, it's, it, but it's they are. That's what the Browns were. Like the Knicks yeah. are because it wasn't. You, it's okay to be like bad, and it's okay to even be you know one of the worst. But when you're just the where you're like where everybody's mocking you, no matter yeah. how bad they are, they're still mocking you. That's a bad place to be. I want to write a movie where I go back in time and ha- help John Starks hit that three. Oh, it changes see, everything. See what happens. Changes everything. See what happens. See, suddenly the Knicks have a title, and then it's yeah. I was in the my sister got married that day. Wow. I was in the coat room listening to the game. <laughs> yeah. That, that's not great. That's, that's Of course. What, that's, am I going to miss the Well, final? it had to be. You had to yeah, do that. I, I had yeah. to get, yeah, I had to get my heart broken. It, you know, and it's one of these things of like other people cry at weddings. I cried for a different <laughs> reason. Was it before the wedding, at least, or was it after? Uh, I know. I think it was. I think it was like during the party. During the like party. During okay. The party. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Just that's that ends yeah. that. All right. Let's do our draft here. So yes, uh, very very exciting draft. Uh, and and the thing I like about this draft, like I like about all our drafts, is uh, much of the same way that Mike and I always do it. We just you just came up with an idea, and I was like, okay, let's do that. We did. We didn't. We haven't discussed it any further. I have done no research. You have done no research. I've done a little bit of research, okay. but as you will see, the research I've done is only to uh, well, you'll see. Okay. All right. So here we go. So our draft is we are drafting television animals. Yes, that is what we are drafting. Television animals, and as our guest host, you get the first pick. Okay, uh, my first pick is, it doesn't matter which one, but any of the dragons from Game of Thrones. <laughs> don't you have to pick one? Don't you have I to, like, like don't you, do, you, do you know their names? There's, uh, yeah, there's uh, Rhaegar, okay. uh, Viserys. Okay. I think, I, I forget which one got, oh, I don't want spoilers for people who haven't seen no, it No, no, we don't care about that. Yeah. We don't so care. So, I forget. No, I'm not going to do that. So... <laughs> Any one of the dra- any one of the dragons? Or can I get all three? Is that you? You, you can have all three dragons. I'm going to take the three dragons from Game of Thrones. Yeah. My, that's my opening draft pick. One of the things that I talk about in the show is I don't watch Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, not not because I don't want to or Good, whatever. I'm draft it's, every animal. On Game well, of this is this is why this is why I had to do research because you were saying like, did you do any research? 
because uh, you said, let's draft uh, television animals. And I said, are there enough television animals? And you said, yeah, there's plenty just on Game of Thrones. And I realized I'm at a huge disadvantage because I don't watch Game of Thrones. But my family does. My wife does and my daughter. Oh, do. so you went. So I went and did some research. So with my first pick, I'm going to take Ghost. I was, that was I was almost <laughs> going to take him, and then I was like, no, the dragons are a bigger deal. Well, well, if you had taken Ghost, it's good because I did not get any of the dragon names. Um, so Ghost is, and tell me if I've got this right, a direwolf from the north. Is that correct. right? Is that correct? That is correct. And when I asked what it was, they, they said, uh, and I quote, uh, a large wolf. But it's like, it, it's a large wolf. Like in the way that Wilt Chamberlain is tall. <laughs> okay, so a truly a generationally a, a, large wolf, generally with first round pick wolf. No first question. round pick wolf. Yeah. All right, so I've done well. Ghost is the is probably the most badass. Well, that's of what the, that's what they were saying. Of them, they were, yeah, they were saying that's that a tough thing because like if I was legit just drafting TV animals, I would draft the three dragons. My fourth pick would be Ghost, and then my next. Five picks would be the other dire ones. <laughs> but I feel like that might be boring, so I'm going to bounce around a little bit more. That's my last my last Game of Thrones thing. But I felt like because I knew that you were going to go after Game of Thrones, yeah. I had to do some research. So I did, and I found out about Ghost. You want Sir Pounce, the cat? What's that? The, 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 one of the kids has a cat called Sir Pounce. Oh, I did not know so that. That's, no. <laughs> but that's not a very bad No, they, they went right to Ghost. So, uh, so I feel good about yeah. Ghost. I don't know what role Ghost is going to play on my team yet, but yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see when see, Ghost he's, shows he's up. He's a badass. Um, I'm going to go with Mr. Ed. Sure. Because I want, I, I think, to communicate to the team. I yeah. feel like you need an animal <laughs> that can speak English. So that's a. I think that's an important one. So, so you see, Scooby Doo. I mean, Mr. Ed is being sort of your uh, player coach. Player coach, sort of you know, a leader on the field. And, Absolutely, and he's captain. He's got the seat. <laughs> yeah, got the seat. Well, because he can talk to us, and then he can explain to the other animals in whatever animal language they speak. Do you feel that the the dragons are going to listen to Mr. Ed? Um, I, I don't know if they'll listen, but they'll hear. <laughs> you know, like at the very least, my, though. My thought about Mr. dragons like horses that can fly, kind of. <laughs> they're horse-ish. Sure, that's what that's the, what they are. Yeah, they're all friends. I often thought when I would watch Mr. Ed as a as a kid, and I did watch it quite a bit. I, it was amazing. Of course, you know, you, the, the the joke that never ended was that this was a horse that would talk. Right? It's like right. when you're watching it for the eighth show, you're like, I know he can talk. And you realize he says so little that's worth hearing. Like, Mr. Ed is so very rarely... I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's like he can talk, but he doesn't have to. There's not a lot going on there. Yeah, that's a very good point. (laughs) I don't know. Mr. Ed, I never thought of... Yeah, I I would like to see the script and see... Because, you know, like when you're an actor, you'd be like, oh, I have an under five part. Like I wonder if Mr. Ed. I just wonder. Five. I just wonder, like in the in the room, because I mean, obviously yeah. these are these are professional writers in the room, and at yeah. some point, they when it got to a certain level, they're like, "Should we have a second joke other than the fact the horse can talk?" Like, no, no, no. That was before like, TV that, figured out they could have more than one joke. <laughs> that's it. All you yeah. need is one joke. Yeah. How many seasons was Mr. Ed? You think? I have no idea. I wonder if it was more than one. It was so, right. Sometimes, like you look back at old TV shows because there's such an our consciousness, and yeah. you look back and go. It's only two seasons. I know, I know. I think yeah. like that that does that. Like, there's, I'm trying to think which show it was, but there was one of those early '70s shows, like the, like the Partridge Family, or I think that one actually did run a little longer. But there yeah. was one of those shows that you were like, that was only on like one season. But then yeah. you watch other shows uh, like uh, The Flying Nun, and you're like, that was four seasons. Yeah, The Flying Nun. Jag had a hundred episodes. <laughs> Who watched one of them? I have no idea. 
All right, with my second pick, I kind of leaked it out when I was throwing out there before. My second pick is, of course, going to be Scooby-Doo. Um, and much in the same way, you know, getting a talking dog uh, yeah. limited. But the catering bill alone. <laughs> will be enormous. Yeah. But I don't mind. I don't mind that. Well, yeah, between you Ghost gonna, and Scooby-Doo. Are you going to drug test, though? Am I drug testing? Yeah. I, I, don't, I believe Scooby-Doo, uh, uh, Scooby Snacks are... In fact, perfectly legal in our league. Okay, don't they're, you think? I mean, it's, uh, it's it's like the nineties, like the late nineties in baseball. It's like there's no testing. Yeah, there's, there's no testing in our league. There's no. Yeah, I think those are full of Andrew, actually. Yeah, they probably, they probably were. Which is, yeah. you know, was perfectly legal, as you know. Yeah, that is true. That was perfectly legal. How do you feel about that? You know, remember when? So, like, that was such a big deal when when uh, you know they they. They found it in his locker, and then they went after the reporter. It was after yeah. Mark McGuire, and they went after the reporter and and said, "Oh, you know, stay out of the, you know, you shouldn't even be looking at the guy." But it was such an open secret. The guy had like a package of Andro, like yeah. just in his locker with like Andro on it. You know that doesn't. Yeah, that seems it, wrong. It looked like an. It looked like a non-name brand on a TV show. Yeah, like the way that they're just like <laughs> cola. You know. <laughs> Like so beer. Beer, exactly. They're just like steroids. Steroids. There's like a dripping needle with a skull next to it. Um, yeah. That, it was a different time. Yeah, it was an absolutely different time. Okay. All right. So uh, so I need another one. I yes. had him and I just completely forgot. Oh, uh, uh, the tiger from He-Man. I don't know the name of it. <laughs> But the tiger from He-Man. I feel like he'd be ferocious. The tiger from He-Man? The tiger from He-Man. I can't believe I can't. Should I stop and Google it? We should. should we well, we don't. We're not going to stop, but we will Google while you talk about why. Yeah, so the, the world tiger from He-Man. I just feel like I was trying to think of like what's a badass animal, right? And you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, tiger is a pretty badass animal. Uh, I believe it's just He-Man. It's just Battle Cat. Oh yeah, Battle Cat. Yeah, I take not, Battle Cat. That's not a name. Which helps if we're battling. <laughs> I but don't know what this league does. We yet. don't know. That's I think I, I now have a dragon. I have a battle cat, and I have a coach. <laughs> so this is a good. Well, here's the thing: if this is some sort of like comedy thing, you have no chance. I got Scooby over there. True, you're, you're bringing Battle Cat out there. Mr. Ed's funny. He's only got one joke, but he's funny. <laughs> he, he is pretty funny. And if you don't laugh, Battle Cat will fuck you up. So. <laughs> Well, that does work. That does okay. work. All right, I'm going that direction. However, so with my fourth pick, third pick, uh, yeah. you know what? I'm going back and forth between two, and and here's here's so, and I'm just going to tell you in advance how I'm thinking about this. Okay. One of these is like like the trendier pick, like the like Ooh, like if you like, like on Twitter they would say, oh, you should have gone with this one. Yeah. But the other one is really my favorite, so I'm going to go with my favorite. And then tell you that I'm passing on the trendier pick, which I will scoop up immediately. Yes. No. So my so fourth, my third pick is going to be Bugs Bunny, and oh. and the trendier pick, of course, uh, is Daffy Duck. There are many, many people who are just would make the argument forever, but I'm sort of in a in a bad place on this because I went on Twitter yeah. uh, last night and somebody I don't even know who I think it was Alan Sepinwall who retweeted or something retweeted a poll. Asking what was what which movie you would choose, Goodfellas or Heat? Oh yeah, I saw that. Did that you was see such the, garbage? That <laughs> makes me so mad. Yeah, so mad. So of course I I wrote you know I can't believe this is on, and then because I couldn't leave it at that. Yeah, I said oh let me think. Goodfellas, this all time classic, incredible movie, or Heat, which was hot garbage except for one scene, and people 
I wouldn't say a majority of people, but a substantial number of people totally attacked me, which made me realize that Heat is a Twitter movie. Like, because Heat is terrible. I, I think Heat I, is, is... I think, by the way, that poll was just to prep us for the 2020 election, but... <laughs> that, uh, it very well could be. But that very, said, very well uh, could be. there are people who, you know, I've, I've had to learn this as a comic... If you do a joke about how you love a sunny day, someone loves the rain. Yeah. You know, if you do a joke about how aren't puppies the cutest, I'm a cat person. It's like, well, <laughs> shut up, you know? And so I, I think that even something like that where – because your point wasn't that heat is bad. Right. Your point was that heat is not in the same class as good No, it's not even close. And, and But people on Twitter will just hear that and be like, but that movie I enjoyed once <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, he's, he doesn't like my movie. He doesn't like my movie. That, yeah. That's the thing. If they had put Heat up against like a, a movie similar to Heat, which is like you know, sort of an okay. Dog Day Afternoon. I would say Dog Day Afternoon is better than Heat. I would I too, think, but think, at least it's the same. Yeah, it's, it's closer. It's closer. And well, what I mean is that it's it's also about a like it's about a yes, standoff. Yes, it's that's about, right. That's you right. You can kind of compare that. That's right. That's right. You know, yeah. And they both have Pacino in it. Yeah, and all that. So you can make that argument. Of course. B- both had De Niro and, and the other. So anyway, I believe that tw- if, if I had to guess, yeah. I did a poll, Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck on Twitter, which I will do after we finish this. Yeah, you think Daffy Duck will I think Daffy it. Duck will win because it's like tra- it's like Bugs Bunny's too obvious. Right, it's trendy because they want the underdog. They want the underdog. I would – so, okay, so my next pick yes. is going to be not trendy at all. <laughs> okay. Eddie from Frasier. Oh, very interesting. Very well trained. Very well trained. Funny. Yeah. You know, he's a little irreverent, kind of got this, you know, devil-may-care attitude, but also very loyal. Sure. I feel like he'd be a good team member. I don't know for what yet, but I'm, I'm taking Eddie. What is he going to – what is he – what role is he playing on your team? Distraction, I think. <laughs> That's, he's just keeping Bugs Bunny off of his uh, – he's just – he's matching up with Bugs. Oh, yeah. Bugs, Bugs ain't going to trick Eddie. <laughs> You know, no. Eddie's, Eddie's seen Bugs as shit. He's going to be like, that rabbit season, duck season thing is not working. Absolutely. With it. No, not at all. He's like, I'll eat duck or rabbit. I'm a dog. I'm fine. <laughs> that's, I like it. I like it. I, and I like you moving away from from the Daffy Duck pick that was there for you to be taken. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think gonna, that was... Are that, you going to circle back and Oh, no, Daffy no. Out? No, okay. I can't have them both. Yeah. I mean, that's, you want to talk they about They fight it. on the they team. They fight on the talk team. Talk about a miserable locker room. <laughs> That'd be like having Bonds and Jeff Kent in that's the same. Ex- that's exactly tough. right. It's tough. You can't... Can you believe the Bonds and Jeff Kent went to a World Series? I mean, like they, that just tells you right there, chemistry totally overrated. Yeah. Well... It, it, it's overrated, but it is also there are plenty of other teams where you look at how bad the roster. Oh, that's is, right, that's right. And then you go, oh yeah, but they loved playing with each other. Well, that's they true. No, no, I think good chemistry is not overrated, but yeah. bad chemistry can be overrated. Yeah, because I mean, if the guys can be professionals, yeah, because well, there there are I, player there are players that are like, I hate this guy, and I don't want to do anything. And there are players who are like, I hate this guy, but it's my job. Yeah, I and think so Jeff Kent personality like Jeff that Kent was professional, and yeah. Barry Bonds. Professional or not, he, he, he hit like a professional. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He really like professional. He was a huge professional. He didn't even talk to anyone. That's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. All right. With my uh, fourth pick, um, I am going to take Santa's little helper from The Simpsons. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> so Nicely done. I feel like uh, just... I don't even know what it'll do, but I love that pick. <laughs> He's just lovable. Just lovable. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to have a lovable people on you. And team. actually, former racing dog. That's right. That's how they that's got right. him. A little athletic. Yeah, athletic. He's, got, he's got some chops to him. 
He's got a history. He does have a history. And yeah. we just said, good chemistry, not overrated. You can't, yeah. you, you know, I've got, with Bugs Bunny, wisecracking in there, people like, they'll like him at the beginning of the season. And but Bugs and Scooby at the That's right. That By mid-season, be... they'll be like, shut up. Just, yeah. can we just play? But but there's Santa's little helper. Just everybody loves him. All right. I got a completely different type of pick. All right. Uh, I'm going Mickey Mouse, and I'll tell you why. Oh, no. Mickey Mouse. Wow. For the money. <laughs> Mickey has so much money, he'll be able to fund the rest of the team. So he's you know owner costs, slash. You know wow. how much it costs to feed a dragon? <laughs> I gotta feed a dragon on this team. I did not I, realize. So Mickey yeah. comes with a ton of wealth. Right. And popularity. Right. Entire lands and worlds. Right. That we could use for practice. <laughs> Uh, and so I think I think just from his merchandising alone, I think he's a valuable member of the team. I did not realize, and this is very smart of you to pick this up, that fundraising would be a part of fundraising what we're is doing. part of the team. Part of the, part you got to sell tickets. You yeah. got to do it somehow. You got to do it. All right. Well, that's yeah. an excellent fifth pick. I'm going to give it to you for, especially for the reason. All right, and then my fifth pick. Is, so, are we doing five? Five. Is that how it yeah, works? Five. We'll do five. Okay. So right. it, I got a winner for the fifth. All right. Okay. Well, was that your fifth or was that your no, fifth? no, 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 no? I'm, that was my fourth. That I was think. your fourth. Okay. So I'm ready. I'm ready for the fifth. All right. I think I it was. I think it was five, but we're gonna pick. We're gonna pick oh, extra. It All was right. five already. I don't know. Who you know what? Let's whatever. We we'll just keep fine. going. One of mine's the coach, and one's the owner. So who knows? Okay, what difference of it? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, with my next pick, whatever number it is. So, by the way, so I made a huge mistake. The pick I'm going to take is the Aflac duck. I'm taking the Aflac duck. Ooh, nice. Yep. A commercial animal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Brilliant. Them. Oh, I should have thought the gecko is available. There's so Gecko much. is out there. Yeah. Aflac duck um, used to be hilarious. I think the yes. Aflac duck used to be among the funnier. When it was Gilbert Godfrey. Right. And now it's not anymore. And now it's not Gilbert Godfrey. And the, the joke also ran. It's yes. Of course. They also, they Mr. Ed, they didn't go, they didn't have a second joke, really. Yeah. You know, but when when it was in its prime, Affleck Duck was was amazing. It was just fun to say. It it, it still is yeah. fun to say in the old Affleck Duck voice, right? From Gilbert Gottfried. But but uh, I was gonna, I, I, but here was the thing. So I I was like, all right, I'm taking the Affleck Duck. I had this weird, I guess it's like a vision because obviously it's not true. I could have sworn that the robot. On Fox Sports, that does the Fox Sports football robot. Yeah, that he had a little robot dog, and then I went and looked on the and internet. He, he does not. It. No, he does wow, not. That would have been. <laughs> but for some okay. reason, I thought he had a little robot dog. Does that not ring a bell at all? Like that? Can't you see like a little dog running on that robot? Yeah. And look, there there are so many options from. But I don't know if robot dog counts. Oh, I think that's it would, Well, it doesn't matter because apparently there is no right. robot dog. Apparently, I literally dreamed that up. Yeah, I mean, there, and look, there are so many choices that we haven't done. There's, you know, the Jetsons had a dog. Yes, they did. You know, uh, there, there's, I mean, there's that, uh, there's that saber tooth tiger from the Dino. Flintstones. Well, Dino. Yeah, and there's Dino. Dino you can get sure. a freaking dinosaur. <laughs> there are a lot of things, but I'm going to go with okay. something a little more real. All right. And I'm drafting Willie. Willie. Free Willie. Free Willie. Is that television? Uh, oh, yeah. Does that not count as a movie? <laughs> I did think we can because I was going to take Jaws. And that's I'm like, yeah, you can't oh, really, yeah, you so can't really go to movies. You know, so. Dino is actually a really good pick now that I think about it. Uh, yeah, that's oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, I guess I can't. All right, I'll go Flipper then. I'll stick with the oh, C. Oh, very good. I'll very, stick with that the was, C. That was, I'll go Flipper. I like it. Because of his intelligence. He is bright. 
He's very, very bright. Very bright. You could have gone Lassie on the brightness, I was right? Because Lassie, like there were some that you know they jump out at you when you think TV animal. Yeah, and yeah. You go the classics and Rin Tin Tin, and, right? You know, right. Etc. I guess Old Yeller doesn't count. That's a movie, right? I did guess. Well, but it was a television show? movie, yeah, wasn't it? I think it was a television yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I guess that. Yeah, it's hard to say. There were a lot. Most of the animals were dogs or horses. Okay. Yeah. Like, I had to think through, and I've looked at TV horses recently because I was trying to name my car. Okay. My car is a Mustang, and I was trying to think of a good name for it. Wow. So I was like trying to think of like what horse I should name it after. And because it's a horse, no good horse names. They're all like Black Beauty, and I'm like, what kind of a <laughs> douchebag am I going to be? It's tough enough to not be a douchebag driving a Mustang. Why didn't you just but, come up with like just? Why didn't you just like? Well, of course they're not Mustangs. No, they're all thoroughbreds. You couldn't name it after a thoroughbred. Oh, after you like a secretary, like or, something like that. or something like that. You yeah, know? I decided instead. It's now called Colonel Mustang. So okay, that works. That's, that works. That's as good as I can get. <laughs> that, I think. that works. It wasn't a natural one, but I looked at all of like the horses have these like horrifically brutal names. Yeah, or something super like Flicka or something. <laughs> I'm not gonna name my car Flicka. No, you can't. So do I that. did recently ha- go through the litany of horses, and I'm like, I'm not drafting any of these. Assholes. No, that's, that's probably so other than Mr. Ed Colonel Muster, just because he talks. Colonel Muster works. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a point where we talk about some of the picks we didn't make. So uh, I will mention a couple. I don't know if you have any. One that I did not pick was uh, remember Ubu. The, Who's they, that? That was the dog at the end of like Family Ties and other shows. They would say oh, sit, 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 Ubu, sit. sit. Yeah. Which when I was a kid, I always thought it was Boo Boo. <laughs> well, sure. Because like I didn't know what what Ubu was. Right. I still don't know what Ubu is. But yeah. yes. But so sit Ubu sit. Uh, we thought about that. We didn't pick Arnold from Green Acres, the pig. Okay. What well, does Alf count? No, As an alien. alien. They're more alien. We were drafting aliens, which we should do. Yeah. And then, and then the one I was going to pick, and this was just a really personal pick. I mentioned already of a show I've already name dropped Jeff Garland, so I'm trying to name drop him again. On his show, they have a dog on the Goldbergs. Uh, there's a dog named Lucky. Yeah, and the only re- and he's very cute as as television dogs are. But the only reason I was going to name Lucky is because uh, one of the jokes on the show is that uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff's character doesn't like anybody, but he loves that dog. Like he, yeah. and, and the, he always pretends that he hates the dog, but he loves the dog. And that's how I am with our. We just got a a, a little rescue dog. It's a little sweetheart, um, and that's what I do. I'm like, just get this dog away from me. But then I'm, when nobody's around, I'm just like, you know, doing the whole little kissy faces with the dog. I would add Murray from Mad About You. Oh, sure, sure. That Murray, was a good one. Murray was an excellent, excellent uh, uh, dog. Uh, let's see here if there are any others. Um, Spuds McKenzie. Spuds McKenzie would be a great one. Yep. Also, another TV dog who has a very unfortunate name. <laughs> uh, the dog on Downton Abbey. Oh, well, what is the dog's name on Downton Abbey? Isis. Oh, wow. But that's because after it's the... It's a goddess. That's the goddess. goddess. Yeah. Yeah. Isis really ruined marketing. For, for, the, for Isis. For, remember when... Well, you're, you're too young. But when I was a kid... You had the Shazam Isis Super Hour, where they, where they were both superheroes. Shazam yeah. being Captain Marvel, which I don't know when they broke up, but but they now there's Captain Marvel and there's Shazam. But but uh, yeah. But in in that show, he would say Shazam to turn into Captain Marvel, and then Isis was this sort of a Wonder Woman esque goddess who who saved people. Uh, Isis, I believe, was also Catwoman's cat. Oh, that's probably, that sounds good. And yeah, there was a lot of things named Isis because it was a goddess. Can't and then, do it anymore now. That's just, just that, yeah. That's... You can't even use the. You can't even say is is. It's still kind of the same. 
is. You're not fooling market. anybody with the is is. No, yeah. no, that's so, really that's still, really yeah. It's still the same. That's really true. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to think. Is there and is there any? Are there any other good ones that we've missed? Oh, we'll get on Twitter. People will let us know which exactly which one. In fact, they'll, it, nobody will tweet us to say, "Hey, you know, I, I thought of a couple of fun ones." What they'll say is, "How in the world could you not have taken Alvin and the Chipmunks?" Ooh, I think yeah. Alvin and Chipmunks funny. Do you find them funny? No, no, no. I, I never. They never did anything. I for liked me. the cartoon when I was a kid. Okay, but also Alvin was such an asshole. Yeah, they're. I think they're all just super annoying, and I felt I even as a kid I felt closer to the uh, the Hey Alvin guy. I was sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, the, to like the dad, <laughs> to the dad. It's like that's these, hilarious. These guys are completely annoying beyond uh, beyond. Yeah. What about Chip and Dale? You know, that whole Tom and Jerry, Chip and Dale, uh, Tweety yeah. and Sylvester. Oh, you know. Baloo. Oh, yeah. Because not just a movie. They also had uh, They also had when they gave him his own show. They Th- gave him a spinoff. That's true. Was, yeah, when he was like the pilot and everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would. Blue is good. What about all the and the, the gar, all the gargoyles? All the those go- count. <laughs> I don't think those count. I'm just going blue all the cartoons I watched as a kid. Blue from Blue's Clues would count. I guess. Oh yeah, Blue would count. Yeah, Blue so would Blue def- and Blue. Blue and Blue. Uh, yeah. would count. So oh, so many. We missed a bunch. Well, we did. you know, I did think very hard about there is the, the rest of the league. Well, you know, we can't. But have I have everyone. But I think Wiley Coyote is probably the best. Um, he's the best free agent out there. At this point. Wiley Coyote, but he was, he always failed. The Roadrunner was the success. Well, he was the success pure speed. That's all it was. He was just he was just the fastest. I mean, so what? He's Ricky Henderson. <laughs> I don't think he gets on base. He's Billy Hamilton. Oh, he's Billy Hamilton. Oh my God! <laughs> you can't throw him out, but he doesn't Hamilton. get on base. That's my yeah, that's, that's the my theory. problem. That's my theory. I believe yeah. that if you had um, Wiley Coyote as your manager. I mean, the, look, the guy came up with some great schemes. Yeah. Would you not agree? I mean, he was like... It is know. true, and also comes with the sponsorship from Acme. <laughs> That's exactly right. And by the way, nobody's ever seems to, to appreciate... Acme wasn't sending him that stuff for free. This guy was a success. Whatever he was doing on the side to pay for all that Acme stuff... The guy was a success. He was like I, I, he didn't inherit his money. You don't think he was like just <laughs> born into like a wealthy no, coyote family? No, no, no. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's not one of these like uh, you know. He's, he, he's a self-made actor. There's man, no actor way man. that his, his his parents bribed him into Columbia or whatever. He made yeah. it on his own. <laughs> By the way, so I I was I went to Columbia as an undergrad. And they weren't one of the schools. They were not. I named it specifically for you. But it is like the the thing that like I thought of when this happened. I was like, oh, does this make my degree worthless? Then I'm like, I'm a stand up comic. My degree is already (laughs) worthless. That really, that really is probably true. Yeah, I was like, my colleagues dropped out of high school. Like I, you know, I, I did not need this degree. All right. So we always end these things. We usually end these things with one last meaningless thing. But because. We're here in Florida. It's spring training. It's baseball time. Yeah. Uh, I want to end uh, with two questions that I have for you that you will just be able to just answer baseball-related questions, and then okay. and then we're done. One, what do you think of the new rule that will be going in in 2020 where pitchers have to face uh, at least three batters uh, or get to the end of an inning? Um, I think it's a fun rule yeah. because 
uh, it, it will change the complexion of a roster. You're not going to have that lefty specialist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you might have a lefty specialist that actually has to work an inning. Right. Instead of just, you know, the idea of someone going till they're 42 years old facing one batter every four days. Yep. Um, I, I, and it adds more strategy to the game. Anything that adds more strategy to the game. The reason I don't like the DH is because I love the double switch. Mm-hmm. The double switch is strategy. Anything that adds more strategy to the game where it's not simple like, oh, big righty, big situation, get the lefty in. Right. Now you got to think, well, who's next? And meanwhile, the manager has got to go, well, i got to stagger this lineup. It's not as simple as like, you know, get the, I mean, I know, I know it's changed over the years, but get the power hitter up three now. Right, right. You know, you know the spray hitter up five, you know, whatever it is. Now you're going, okay, I can't have more than three righties in a row. Well, I love, I like it. I mean, look, I, I think there could be other elegant ways of doing this uh, yeah. rather than doing it specifically that way. But that way's fine. Let's try this. Here's what I really like about it. And this situation will come up. Two outs, runners on second and third. You've got a lefty coming to the plate, a good lefty coming to the plate. There are two outs, so you could bring your lefty in. And if your lefty gets that guy out, then you're, he doesn't have to pitch the next inning, right? You would just have to get to the end of an inning. Yeah. But if he doesn't get that guy out and you have two righties right behind him, now you're the manager. You've got to say, all right, do I take the chance my lefty's going to get this guy out? Because if he doesn't, if he walks him, for yeah. instance, now bases loaded with two righties, big righties coming up for my lefty pitcher who can't get righties out, dead in the water. Or do I bring a righty in to face this lefty Knowing that if, if he doesn't get him out, then they'll then, get the next know. two. And that, I love that. That puts managers, I mean, managers already are sort of like scrambling in my mind. Yeah. That puts them in a situation where you're like, wow, you've got to think on a different level. I love it. I can think of three or four managers that are going to have to retire before that rule comes in. <laughs> but uh, I also love the idea of they bring in a reliever and the first two batters, nothing's near the plate. Right. And they have to leave him in for another batter. That's hilarious. You know, the great thing about that is that the Red Sox did that with Pedro on their own. They just voluntarily yeah. just <laughs> let Pedro in there. Yeah. All right. Second question is very specific for you. Okay. How good are your Mets going to be? What do you think of your Mets this year? I'm very excited. Okay. I truly believe that the reason why this is all happening is because Birdie was an agent before he was a GM. Agents are based in transactions. Right. A success for an agent is a transaction. Yes. That's why they have signed a million people and traded for a million people and because every transaction is a, is a success. Yes. And I love that because so many GMs view their job as saying no. And Brody's viewing his job as being like, we'll give him a shot. Right. Why not have eight second basemen? What the hell, right? <laughs> Why not? It's amazing. Them releasing T.J. Rivera made no sense, though. That one I was like, why? Is it. At least at least try to trade him for something. Right. But um, I, I am really excited. And I know that it's, you know, it used to be, you know, you look at 2015 and it was basically like, Games against three teams are automatic wins. Right. If you don't take two of three at least from the Marlins, Phillies, or Braves, you're doing something wrong. Right. Now, oh boy, that's going to be an interesting division. Other than the Marlins. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but you've got four teams that could potentially win that division. That's 100% true. I And look, I'm an optimist. I know that. I do think the Mets are coming in first. Wow. That, that lineup is deep. Yeah. The bench is deep. The starters are deep. And they've got a closer as a setup man. Yep. For the first time, you look at their relief core. Robinson Cano 
was the player to be named later in the Diaz trade. That's right. That trade was for Diaz. And a lot of people are like, oh, how's Cano going to do? Who cares? We have eight second basemen. I don't really care. I hope he's great. If he's not, if he's not, we have Jed Lowry. And if not, one of our second basemen is playing outfield because we don't even have room for him. So why not, right? Uh, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, but, you know, I think Diaz is going to be a beast and having Familia set him up. Those Mets starters if they don't have to exhaust their arms like they used to. And and the middle of the bullpen's good, too. You know, yeah. like, yeah, Lugo had a bad day today. But, like, Lugo and Zellman are, are great. They are. And, you know, you have them pitching once every five days instead of once every five minutes. <laughs> and it's going to be a good team. I really – I don't think it's going to be easy. I think the Mets are coming out of there with, I give them, high 80s in wins. Okay. But they're all going to beat up each other. Probably true. And so I I truly believe it's going to be the last week of the season. And I think the Mets are coming out on top. I love it is going to be It is going to give me so much anxiety. But as a Ranger and a Nick and a Giants fan, I have to have this. Oh, I like I it. I need to have a good team. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like the prediction. I think Thank that you. division is going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping that next week uh, we're going to get Mike back on here. Mike and I do a a baseball preview every year. So he has said he's going to break away from doing the good place to do our baseball preview. Because in our baseball preview, we've been doing this now for about a dozen years. We've gotten every single pick right for 12 years. It's amazing. I know. It's incredible, isn't it? It's insane. It's insane. People just tune in. Sometimes people will tell us they don't even tune in. Because they don't want it spoiled. It's like a spoiler. Yeah. Nah, we don't want it. Can no. you tell me where you're putting the Mets, or do I have to wait? Oh, you got to wait. You got to wait. Because it's really, you know, we we don't, you yeah. know, we, we want to build up a little suspense for it. But yeah. I think I think they're good. I think they're good. Is that it, is a great division. You make a great point about that. Division. Is it possible for four teams in the AL Central to finish in last? Is that? Oh, that's mathematically been, that's, ha- that's happened in the last four years. Yeah, but it's been yeah. mathematically possible. Is it possible for four teams to all be the worst? The question. Well, the question will be: Will the fourth place team in the in the NL East have a better record than the second place team, or even the first place team in the American League uh, Central? That is wow. That's amazing. We'll play it. We'll play it out. We'll see yeah. what happens. That'll be yeah. great. It's also crazy that the Braves got better and might finish in fourth. Yeah, they were well, first last year. They got better. In there. Everybody got better. Everybody got better except for the Nationals. But everybody else got yeah, better. Nationals added a few pieces. But yeah, they yeah, lost but, Harper. They so lost I mean, Harper. I think yeah. you know, we'll see how Corbin is for them. Well, yeah. this is awesome, Steve. I can't thank you enough for doing this. This was so much fun. Awesome. Well, thank you very much.